A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, Chris Evans here, and welcome to the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Cinch from Virgin Radio. Coming up, dynamic duo Matt Lucas and Ellis James warm up for the return of Fantasy Football League on Sky Max, and they are smashing it. Harry Potter star Rupert Grint, one of my faves, shares all the creepy details about his new horror flick, Knock at the Cabin. The always jolly Joel Domet spills the beans on the latest series of The Masked Singer. Everybody Loves Raymond creator Phil Rosenthal makes our mouths water with his Netflix series Somebody Feed Phil and the brand new accompanying book. All of that and so much more to come. So Vassos kick us off. Who's first? When one of these two guests agreed to co-host fantasy football, little did he know that his beloved Arsenal would respond by playing actual <laughs> fantasy football. Our other guest supports Swansea. <laughs> Fantasy Football League continues tomorrow at 10 on Sky Max. So please welcome the brilliant Matt Lucas and Ellis James. Good morning, you two. Um, congratulations on everything since we last met. Thank you so much. We are having a blast. We did eight shows before the World Cup and now we're back for another eight. Technically season two, I suppose. It's sort of season, what is it, season 1.5? Yeah. I don't know. I just love being introduced on the radio with the sound of 40,000 people cheering. Yes. It's so good for my ego. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Everybody. Good morning, you two. So just let's, we talked about it off the air. Let's rewind to a few months ago when you came in, uh, the first episode of the Reimagined Fantasy Football League hadn't aired and you had, you know, hopes and dreams and this, that and the other. And now you're eight shows in, there's lots of water under the bridge. You, it's the show's found its feet. Did not have them in the first episode, to be honest. Uh, how does it feel now, Ellis? Come on, because this is all new for you, this kind of it stuff. Is it is the funnest show to work on. And... I knew it was going to be fun because the pilots were fun. I was just hoping that people would like it and the show would go well and all of that kind of stuff, and it has. So it's absolutely thrilling because I've, you know, I'd, I'd been in sitcoms and done radio and stuff, but I'd never worked on a show that's topical. So even though it's topical, isn't it? we're not talking about um, politics, it's football topicals. So you're talking about Ronaldo going to Saudi Arabia and all that kind of stuff. Starting on a Monday morning with nothing at 9am and then by Wednesday you've recorded something and it's done and it's out there is uh, is it's an exhilarating experience. I you know, it. and having worked from you know a blank sheet of paper before, of course there are still blank sheets of paper, but you have the mothership of football, which keeps spewing out all this stuff yep. every weekend. It's football a living sleeps. soap, isn't it? It's a living soap opera. For yeah. Me. And so what you have to do then is you just shine a comedy spotlight on things that are already happening. You know, by the way, it's not easy, but it's 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 not unhelpful for that to be the case, is it, man? Yeah, we we look we love it, and 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 now. I just watch football all weekend and people say, oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? I say, I'm sorry, I'm working. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. It's isn't great. It? Yeah, it's great. And I'm very lucky because the team I support is somehow rather bafflingly top of the league. It's unbelievable. I mean, talk about your stars aligning. You've had this in your career before. Of course you have with Little Britain. You've done other things as well. But Little Britain was all the stars aligning. I get this. I get a sense the same thing might be happening to you, Matt Lucas. Right. Well, now. I, I, you know, it, it, Ellis is right. This is the most fun show to work on because we we talk about football and sometimes 
uh, we veer off topic and it's like, sorry, can we talk about football, please? <laughs> that is, it's usually, that's the opposite to how things normally are. So it's just a blast. And we have Andrew Mensah on the show every week, who is one of comedy's fastest rising stars. And he's hilarious. And it's just, it's actually a very... It's a very harmonious show, even though we all support different football teams. It is. It's just. It's the. It, I, I echo Ellis. It, it's. It's the most fun show I think I've ever worked on. Honestly, and you know, I don't want to. It's not about me. I promise. Uh, I get that. But I, when TFI Friday was flying and sketches and jokes, would ju- they just literally land on your lap? I mean, you've got yeah, to be. You've got yeah, to be yeah. there for them to happen. And by the way, you know, when we took our foot off the gas, that did stop happening because you know you have to do some kind of other work for that work to 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 fall into your lap but I remember you know the opening sketches for that we've got one on them um, uh, what's it called Rewind Thursday what's it called Throwback, Throwback Thursday, Thursday with the Michael Caine that we've just put up today you know it's really funny it's really cool and it didn't take it wasn't that that difficult to sort out and I've seen your sketches and I've seen your show and the same things are happening to you you've, you've yeah. found your stars you've found your running gags you know Conti plus <laughs> it's great isn't it Um for people who haven't seen it, describe the world that's begun to evolve. So we, we should explain that. Obviously, the show was on nearly 30 years ago yeah. and it was hosted by Frank Skinner and yeah. David Baddiel. They created it as well and uh, and they had Stato on it. And it's the same format, but with Ellis and myself and Andrew Mensah. And we have celebrity guest managers competing in knocking their own... Knocking on the door. Yeah, knocking on the door and competing in their league, which actually now you as a viewer can also join our league. So, so who, you have couples, don't you? So who, for example? Let's so we names. have... Uh, so on the show that starts tomorrow night, because we've moved from Thursday nights to Friday nights, uh, the show that's on tomorrow night, we have... Guz Khan and Jennifer Saunders. They're both Man United fans, actually. But they were they were both hilarious. Oh, my God. What a gift they are. You know, when you're <laughs> sat on the sofa and you look up and you see those two, you know, it's, uh, it's a real gift. Tell, so, tell, that was lovely, that. What, you, that just, what, just, what did that mean, what you just... Like, that sound you made? Guz is hilarious. I've been watching Jennifer for as long as I can remember. Right. I mean, she was one of the first. Ab Fab, I was probably eleven or twelve when that started. Yeah, and I just, I used to tape it off. the And telly. we've been watching French and Saunders for years before yeah. that. Yeah, as well. exactly. I mean, the French and Saunders, the one she did, um, the one they did where it was a, a parody of, <laughs> of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I mean, I used to tape it off. T- I used to watch it again and again and again. Yeah, and she just has Hollywood sort of star quality and charisma but, and they were just hilarious were they yeah and just to, to talk to her about Paul Schools and they, and they know their football like I was dreaming well. she knows her football yeah she loves football so it's um, it's kind of it's quite geeky the show but it's unashamedly unapologetically geeky I love but it, it is it is the spirit of the original um, but it's more like instead of you know the way David and Frank used to sort of take the mick out of Stato it's more like Andrew Mensah taking the mick out of us yeah he thinks I am pathetic <laughs> Well, as long as somebody's taking the mic out of someone, and it's all all right. Oh yeah, it's very good. It's very good natured, and um, it's very diverse. And we have we have great um, guest managers, and uh, we have lots of comedians. We've got Maisie Adam on the show next week. We have some Mo Farah on the show next week as well. He's a massive gooner. She's Leeds, isn't she? Yeah, Leeds United. Yeah, Leeds United. Oh my goodness, she's a big Bielsa fan. I don't know how she'll feel if Bielsa goes to Everton. Yeah, yeah, but Mo again, a huge Arsenal fan, and also a player. Oh yeah, yeah. He trained. He trained with Arsenal. Mo, I think he's quite good at throw-ins. He said. <laughs> 
Uh, now on a Friday, Fantasy Football League, absolutely rocking, smashing it over on Skymax. Uh, all episodes as they come out available to watch from 2am on the Friday, or you can watch it um, linearly, as they say, on Skymax and Sky. Sky Showcase and Now TV and okay. all the channels. At 10pm. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. He's a global superstar who always seems to pick the right movie part, even if, in the past, he was wrong. His brand new apocalyptic thriller, Knock at the Cabin, hits cinemas next Friday and hits them really hard. So please welcome the super-duper Rupert Grint. Morning, Rupert. Morning, how are you doing? How are you? Just come a bit close to that mic, pal. Oh, yeah, Thank you very much indeed, thank you. See, you've got to be careful with those intros fast can mm. you check if our guests because if our guests like a pun it puts them in a better mood for the interview but if they don't <laughs> they take one step back and I've got to pick up the pieces mm. man yeah I said win win <laughs> I always love how are you with that were you okay with the pun then? oh I love that pun yeah you yeah. kind of think you can go wrong with a pun okay. they're always good um, knock at the cabin the yep. trailer's scary enough mate <laughs> I know quite disturbing isn't it <laughs> okay so this is a brand new horror flick it's out on february 3rd knock at the cabin in cinemas a week tomorrow uh rupert what's your association with the guy who's behind it um tell us about that first and then we'll dive into the weeds about how scary the trailer is and therefore how scary <laughs> the movie might be yeah uh well it's m night Shyamalan, who i've got to know quite well over the last few years because i did a, a tv show with him of Apple called Servant. Also um, scary. Also quite scary. I do a lot of scary <laughs> things do? at the moment. We'll get onto that in a bit. <laughs> Go on. But um, yeah, no, he's got, I, I love Knight and he's, he's he's kind of the king of this genre. He really knows how to get under your skin. How does he do that? How come? I don't know. What's, his, what's in his uh, box I don't of know, He's a lovely guy. He's a really But obviously <laughs> he, loves, he loves the genre. He's a fan, first he and foremost. A, yeah, I think so. And he just knows this world. And, he, and, and he, 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 I mean, he's famous for his kind of twists. He can always surprise you, and that's kind of the exciting thing about By him. By the way, Sixth Sense, just saying Sixth Sense, that was his. Sixth Sense, yeah. I mean, what a movie. One of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, I, I never see it coming, even yeah, when I rewatch it. I know, I know. We won't spoil it for anyone, but this is a... I mean, how would you describe that? It's not a twist, is it? It's a conceit. It's a deceit, yes. isn't it? Right, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's, it's a kind whole, of more than a... It's a whole movie deceit. Right. For the whole movie, you think you're watching something, and then they go... No, you're watching this. You go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Shut the front door. <laughs> Seriously, you're going to do that for us a whole ninety minutes, Bruce Willis and your mates. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Go. So, so go, let's go back to this movie based on a book. Based on a book. Yep. Yeah. And the book was called um, something in the woods. Cabin uh, in the woods. Yeah, cabin at the end of the wall. Cabin at the end of the wall. Somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, this is a, now it's sort of morphed into knock at the cabin. So, can you give us? Can you give us the setup, please, Rupert? So yeah, basically. Family are on holiday um, in a cabin in the woods. It looks gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It was all shot in thinking, a... yeah, I'm on board with this. This is lovely. <laughs> yeah. What a lovely escape movie Shepard this is going to be. It's, yeah, it's it's lovely. And then uh, yeah, four strangers invade the cabin and tell them they've got to make a choice to kill one of their family members yeah. or the world will end. Yeah, um, and we have to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it, yeah. It's. Well, it it's opens pretty, with the family singing along in their station wagon, heading to the pine forest somewhere. Right. Where might that be? Where Where would you find a pine uh, forest like that? It's Pennsylvania, yes. is, I think, is kind of the it's, location. Yeah, it's sort of um, heavenly log cabin-esque. It's, yeah, it's it where is. you want to go. It's idyllic, yeah. There's going to be a freshwater lake, there's going to be fishing, yeah, there's yeah. going to be campfires at night, a few <laughs> ghost stories, but none of this nonsense that you lot bring on. Uh, no, and we, yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is just... 
brutal. But it's it, there's, there's also kind of I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpick with it. There's a lot going but on. People but people love it. Only people they love do. being scared out of their wits. I know. Are you and, a, are you a horror fan? I am. I am. I, I do love the genre, but I this particularly is quite triggering for me. Home Invasion is something that I really uh, hate and Apocalypse. So it kind of puts those two things yeah. together, which is... Who doesn't hate an apocalypse? Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest about it. Yeah. Um, now, you also... One of the guys in it, one of your uh, co-cast members, is this guy, David Batista, who is just getting bigger and bigger mm. and bigger, isn't he? I mean, literally, physically yeah, as well. Physically, yeah. He's next WWF wrestler. But he's... I wouldn't say he's the new rock, you know, but he, he's, he's sort of getting up there, isn't he? Absolutely, now? yeah. He's so talented. He's... Just great. I mean, when you meet him, he's this huge kind of figure. Giant. Yeah. Um, but he's so sweet and he's just so such a... I mean, it's a cliche, but he is a complete gentle giant and uh And he's really good. And he's really... He's amazing. Yeah, he's so good. I mean, this role is really challenging. It's a really hard one to to kind of pitch, but he's, he's, he's perfect. So we... You know, you've been acting since what age, professionally? Well, 10. Since you were 10 years old. And he he was a wrestler like a minute ago, you know, in (laughs) in movie terms. Right. And so so for for somebody who's been doing it since they were a kid, basically, and you're how old now, if you don't mind me asking, Rupert? I'm 34, I think. All right, so you've been in it for over two-thirds of your life, and he's been in it for probably less than a fifth of his life, you know, and you see somebody who's sort of new to it from your perspective. How is that? What do you see from him? Is is there anything fresh there? Um, What does he particularly impress you with having this not being his first lane sure yeah but well, i think there's a lot we have in common in, in a way <laughs> which you wouldn't expect looking at us but um you know coming from kind of big institution kind of things that kind of define us yeah franchise think, yeah kind of and kind of finding a way out of that there's, there's, we definitely kind of share that but he's i think he's he's amazing he's gonna be yeah he's gonna keep on Sorry, and I get the sense, and I don't know, uh, and I might be wrong here, but I get the sense because I loved him in Glass Onion as well. Um, oh yeah, have you seen it? I've not seen oh, it. Oh, it's no. so good, Ruth. But watch it. I can't. I'm so jealous that you've got to watch it still. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. You know what I mean? I like it, oh, that. it's brilliant. It's yeah. really, really good. You can watch it tonight with a glass of wine. I can't. Exactly I've really. seen it. Oh no! <laughs> I can come around to yours and pretend I haven't. Anyway, uh, no. But in that, you get the sense that he's a total pro because he's so polished, like like um, Dwayne Johnson. Same kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and he really cares about kind of every kind of detail. And he was he was great to work with. Did you learn anything about wrestling from him? I didn't know. I was a huge. I loved wrestling when I was a kid. Yeah, but that's um, that's very performative, isn't it? As well, it is. It is the kind of like theatre, isn't it? Yeah, it's very um, clever though, and they do get hurt. They do. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there is a show there. There is choreography, but they still get... I, was, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't swap it oh, God, for this. No way. This cushy job, playing the odd damn um, culture club record and chatting <laughs> yeah. to people like Rupert yeah. having to put up with us. I mean, putting up with you, it's fine. <laughs> it feels painless now, There Max, you go. All of a sudden. <laughs> Anything else, Rupert, before you go? Anything else you want to say? Anything else? Um, no. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. You go, you go and see the movie. Yeah, go see the uh, movie. Have a nice life. Have a great life. Be nice to each other. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Knock at the cabin. It's re- if you just watch the trailer. 
30 million people have watched the trailer. It's really scary. Yeah, uh, watch the trailer and then go watch the movie. Knock at the cabin. <laughs> Cinema's next Friday, February 3rd. And continuing group also starring in Apple TV Plus horror series Servant. Currently in the final uh, series, brand new episodes available Fridays. Thank you, Rupert. Brilliant. Thank you. You're a gent. Cheers, man. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. Our next guest is a comedian and presenter best known now for chanting, Take it off. Take it off. Series four of The Masked Singer continues on Saturday at seven on ITV1 and ITVX. So come on in. Come on in. Joel Domit. Good morning, Joel. Morning. Welcome, welcome. How are you? Oh, it's such a pleasure to be on this show. <laughs> it really it's is. great to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. May I also say yes. uh, how wonderfully pronounced he said masked singer. Yes. It's because be- I... I'll be honest, every mm-hmm. single time I say masked singer on the show, yeah. I just completely forget the K because it's quite difficult to pronounce. Right. If you, You'll you notice this now whenever you watch well, it. Well, the I more go, you think about it as well, the exactly. worse it gets, doesn't it? Go, well, to the masked singer. <laughs> Never said a K. Never said a K. I love your Dale Winton kind of game show host voice there. <laughs> yeah. That was good. You did that yeah. again for me. I always go into it. Welcome to the Mars Singer. That's very Dale, isn't it? You're telling you, good morning, Dale. I know he's no longer with us, but he's listening somewhere up on in that show, but he's cloud in the sky. Hey, Joel, congratulations. What a show, the Mars Singer. i got Thank to tell you. you, I didn't get it at all when I first saw it. I mm-hmm. thought, what the heck? This isn't going to last a minute. And then the kids joined in watching it. I thought, oh, I see. Now I get it. And now I love your show because my kids love it so much. And then now I love it as well. Oh, that's so nice of, uh, for you to say. I, and, and I'll be honest, I had that feeling too and I was presenting it. Imagine that being in the first series and I'm like, is this real? Is this going to work? People are going to hate this. And then people really got on board and I think that is the, the key to it, that families get together and they all sit and watch it together and it, you have your, your granny can watch it and your kids can watch it and, and it's just, it's, it's a, a genuinely a joy to be a part of. I mean, really the is. judging panel is also a nonsense, isn't it? It's a brilliant nonsense because yes. none of it makes any sense. No. Uh, you can guess who you like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You can guess whether it's Michelle Obama or nobody really minds. It's just a bit of fun in between one act coming on and the next going exactly. on. Exactly. And no and no one's really judging anyone. No one's saying yeah. you're rubbish and you're great. We're all just going, you're dressed up as a deer. This is stupid, isn't it? Um, and also, I love the sort of understatement, the binary nature of the nicknames, because they're just so base, aren't they? Yeah. You know, yeah. rubbish. Yeah. Fawn. <laughs> You know, it's knitting. Always, yeah, it's just knitting. It's the best, man. It was rubbish. Was my favourite because uh, I mean, sports stars is always great <laughs> when they're on the show. But the fact that he was in a wheelie bin, yeah. and when he got revealed, they took the rubbish out and revealed his head, and then it just looked like he was in a wheelie bin. It just—it's like how okay. Show secrets. Yes. How come they don't sweat so much? Well, they do sweat a little. Right. Um, and I'll be honest, show secret. Um, what happens is we go, take it off, take it off, take it off. They take it off. And then almost always we go, OK, can we all pause? Because they are sweating an unbelievable amount. Yeah, Makeup bet, comes I in. I bet they are. Dabs them a little bit. And then we uh, we take it off again. Well, super makeup people, I've got to, got to be honest there. Yeah. Because, you know, if you, if you are a bit moist in the TV studio, that's not the easiest thing to cover up. But these, these guys must be sweating buckets because they're giving it all the beans, their adrenalines, yeah. ri- you know, th- riving in their body, coursing there's, through their veins. There's certain costumes which are very hot, I believe. And um, they there's certain ones that have a full sort of network of fans 
inside. How and by that I mean electric fans are not people. <laughs> um, in the costumes, blowing air at them. And they are really heavy. Really, really heavy. Um, and what happens to the costumes afterwards? They, they, I think, um, I think they, they're in some sort of ghoulish warehouse somewhere where, where they should be sort of a museum piece. Yeah, well, I think we, we're going to get some at Carfest this year. We nearly got some last year. Um, oh, because, great. Because Dan, Dan Patterson. Uh, yes. We, we, we used to work together. And, um, sorry, not Dan Patterson. Sorry. Dan... <laughs> He's your boss. Yes, <laughs> yes. From the production company, yeah. yes. Dan Patterson used to be in charge of uh, something else. I think it was Whose Line Is It Anyway. Um, uh, no, Dan and I, we were chatting away. and Because um, he used to be our audience warm-up on Terry and Gabby. Mm. And he always, Dan cut forth. And he always had so much more going on. Yeah. And I thought, he's going to go a lot. Because he gave it so much. I thought, he... And he was always amazing to have around. He would do anything. And that's how he learned everything. Yeah. And that's how he comes to be the boss of a show that's yeah. so successful as The Masked Singer. It's, it's wonderful. And I think the sort of weird sort of secret and key to it is... Everyone enjoys working on it, from right. from me to the panel, uh, the, the cameramen enjoy yeah. it, to the, the the costume designers. Does that come from him? Do you think? From Potentially, Dan? yeah. And I think it all filters from the top down. So yeah. I think the, the producers really love it because they've got a secret that they hold on to, where there's only about sort of six or seven people on the entire team that know who is behind the mask. So they love working on it because they've got all these secrets and then the costumes are so wild so they love working on it. Do you know it. who they are? I don't know at all. Right, um, and you, I bet you prefer it that way, don't you? I think I do because I think it's it's uh, it's 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 natural when I when I do find out and I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> uh, in that annoying voice that I have. Uh, but it's, it's, I think, that's part of the show. If Can I, I knew... just say your voice isn't annoying? Oh, oh thank it's you. Great. It's thank great. You. No, it's what you want. It's what you need. <laughs> you know, if you change it, it'd be, it'd be all too flat. You've got, I mean, you've got to be so hyper in the middle of all that nonsense yeah. to be even noticed. Yeah. Uh, i got to tell you, and this is true, and you might not believe me, but I knew it was Natalie and Brulee last year. Oh, really? Like, 100%. I knew it straight away. And this is the frustrating thing when I watch it back, I'll be honest, because in the studio, it is, it is harder it, it, I would say it's harder because you're really going off. Sometimes it's a bit more muffled in the yeah, studio, the voice. Yeah, 100%. And then when you watch it on television, you go, oh, I see it now. And then Twitter is obviously, oh, it's Natalie Brulia. Obviously, it's Natalie Brulia. <laughs> How do they not know it's Natalie Brulia? And I'm like, oh, I'm, it's, I'm trying to present a television show at the same time. When it goes out, how, how long before we see it do you record it? Uh, we record it in November, so a little bit of right. time. Right, so it's landed there. People have got to keep it a secret. It's got a bit of um, The Apprentice going on, a bit mm. of uh, Bake Off going on, that secrecy, which is great because everybody plays the game. I love the fact that everybody plays the game yeah. and doesn't let the cat out of the bag. That's so cool, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't believe it doesn't happen more often, you know, on Strictly. And I yeah. know it has to on Strictly a bit, but not really that much considering what's going on and how, how many people know. Totally. I think it's, that is humans at their best. I know it's yeah. not, not saving lives or fighting <laughs> wars or putting out fires, but it's still humans at their best in you know saving entertainment great. Yeah. well just for the, uh, the sake of other people's yeah. joy you know that, that's really cool I agree. Um, anything else you'd like to say joel uh i'd like to say it's an absolute pleasure to be here oh, and right. uh thank you for having me and it's uh and honestly it's wonderful to meet you we'll come back and see us again i will do anytime you don't well like about for any reason you don't well like joel domit mass singer back on tomorrow it's awesome 7 p.m on itv you don't have to understand it to enjoy it <laughs> it's the opposite of a relationship <laughs> 
The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. Somebody turn up the radio and somebody put us out because we're on fire booking guests like this guy. The book Somebody Feed Phil is out now and the Somebody Feed Phil tour continues in London tonight. So somebody raise the roof for Phil Rosenthal. Hi, Chris. Come Believe you're sitting in front of me. I can't believe I'm sitting here with you <laughs> and Rachel. It's cool, isn't it? Oh wow! Where do we start with this chat? <laughs> oh, do we start with the show that's currently running? Uh, six series. Somebody feed Phil. The books out. Somebody feed Phil. The book. You're on tour uh, all over the UK. Got loads of fans. They've been texting us. Um, do we go back to Everett Raymond or Bill, the Bill Clinton years? Where do you want to start? It's up to you. I was born in Queens, New York. <laughs> <laughs> and on this day, 63 oh, years ago. Oh, my God. Happy birthday, man. Wow, I'm old. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday to you. We got you a cake. Did they give you a cake? I didn't get a cake. We've got no. you, we bought you a cake. Wow. Don't worry, it's coming in. It pays to come here. Oh, come on. Just I'm, for the cake I alone. No, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, hopefully it'll feature in your next book. So... Um, where, before we get onto the Netflix show, which is massive in its sixth series, and um, you are touring the UK right now, and the books out, and you've been touring about in, in the US and everything else like that. Um, when were you first funny in public for money? When were you first funny for money? Wow, funny for money. Yeah. Here's the cake, by the way. It just came in. It's a caterpillar. Colin, Colin the caterpillar. Wow, is this a is this a British thing? Yeah, it's a very famous cake from Marks and Spencer's called Colin the caterpillar. Well, that's lovely. I've never had it. I, uh, this is why you want you'd... the front or the back as the densest chocolate. The front or the back? Yes, yeah, the densest. Yeah, that's yeah. what the kids go for. Yeah. I see. Yeah, and there are plenty of kids here, by the way. That's awesome. They're all Thank you. hovering and orbiting around now. Okay, so when were you first funny for money? Come on, in public. Well, you know, when you're a kid and you watch too much television, as I did, right. because I found when I went outside, I'd get hit. So I, I watched a lot of TV, and, and I didn't know there was writing and producing and directing. <laughs> yes. I would just watch. Are you, do you know a show called The Honeymooners? Yes, of course. Yeah. Did they, did they play it here? In, no, in, but I know about it because I'm a fan, so. I'm a fan, too. Yeah. It starred Jackie Gleason yeah, yeah. and Art Carney. They yeah. were my favorites, and I just wanted to imitate them and I found that if I did imitate them and also family members maybe I could stay up a little later and get some cake <laughs> right <laughs> with with my parents and their friends and I just pursued this and I was encouraged to you know humor was the currency in our house yeah, 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 when yeah. we weren't yelling we were laughing and you you invite jokes on the show don't you on Netflix I do. you you sort of FaceTime some pals the jokes are so funny um only certain people could tell tell the jokes. I mean, we, the, you can say them all on the radio. They're all sort of family. Most of them are family friendly. There are a lot of dad jokes. There's loads of dad right? jokes because, because my dad. Yeah, because and, they're, they're for Max, aren't they? And I just wanted to be like him and everyone else who was funny that I watched on television. Uh, Pee Wee Herman was very funny. Oh, isn't he great? Yeah, what's his name? What's Paul his, Rubens. Paul Rubens. He yeah. pops up. He says some jokes. But he's not a joke teller, so he had to read his jokes out, didn't he? Exactly right. He said that's why he was never a comedian. He was... He... For, he he made up that character. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's a great actor. Favorite show of all time. Favorite TV show. Being well, a connoisseur. I mean, The Honeymooners is right up there. Right. But, uh, you know, I was very influenced by All in the Family, yep. which is based on a British show. Yeah. Right? Uh, the Mary Tyler Moore show. I yeah. thought that was phenomenal. I loved... Uh, I loved the Johnny Carson show. I loved all the comedians and funny people who were on there. I loved Letterman, of course. And then I didn't know that 
one day I would actually work for him in a way because he was one of the producers of Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah, of course he was. Was that a Worldwide Pants production? It though? was. It was uh, a co-production with HBO for CBS. That's why we've just turned the studio up a little bit. I don't know why, but that's why the studio is cold because I once went to see Letterman. Yes. The show, and it, he notoriously had his studio freezing cold. Oh, it was he? brutal. Yeah, colder than here today. Oh, yes. you. I mean, people you were shocked at how cold it was. But he thought it was good for comedy, that it kept, kept you alive. Did he get that from anyone else? Did he learn that from anyone else? Or was that his own theory, do you think? I think he was just a sadist. <laughs> uh, well, he's still around. Um, have you seen his new show, his Netflix show, by I the love way? It. Yeah, I love it's it. called um, No Introduction Required, isn't it? Or uh, something like right. that? No I forgot the He has it. Yeah. extraordinarily famous people on one on one for now. It's so cool. It's yeah, a great he was saying he had Zelensky. He, he went did he went Zelensky. underground in the yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. Uh and did the interview in in the subway because that's the safest spot. Phil, let's leave with a couple of your dad's favorite jokes. Oh. Come on. Imagine you're calling yourself now. Okay. Well, I don't know if you heard about the streetwalker <laughs> in Venice. Tell us. She drowned. Good. That was one of his. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> laughter behind the glass <laughs> it's a sad story you're laughing um, uh, two elderly couples have gone out for dinner and the men are in the living room and the women are in the kitchen chatting Right. and one of the men turns to the other and yep. says this was a nice dinner but last week I had such a dinner uh, it was it was so fantastic that appetizers came. That was the most delicious thing I ever had. And then the entrees came. They were even better. And then dessert. It just, it was so delicious. And the bill came and it was the most reasonable. I couldn't, I can't wait to go back. And the other guy says, Whoa, wow, what's the name of this restaurant? And he goes, uh, name of the restaurant. It's the name of the restaurant. Um... Uh, what's that flower? It's red. It smells so nice. It's got a long stem. It's got thorns on it. And the guy says, a rose? He says, that's it. Hey, Rose, what's the name of that restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> Phil, it's a joy to meet you, man. Good luck I with love everything. you. Keep, 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 um, keep shining that smile wherever you go and make Thank sure you. as much of it gets on film as possible. Thanks. It's great to see you and happy birthday. Thank you. Enjoy your column. I'm eating my cake. Yeah, we're all going to dive in. That's it from us. Goodbye, everyone. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. All right, we've heard from a bunch of incredible guests already still to come. Terrific twins Alana and Lisa McFarlane smash the poo taboo with their new Channel 4 show, Know Your Shillelagh, Inside Your Guts. Best-selling author Johan Hari fills us in on the brand new audiobook version of his amazing Chasing the Scream. Renowned inspirational speaker Roxy Nafusi shares wisdom from her best-selling book, Manifest, Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life. And the awesome Alex Jones takes us on her journey of becoming a fertility assistant for her new documentary, Make Babies. So let's get right back to it, Vassos. Who's next from this pot of gold? Our next guest's new TV show is sure to be a hit because they really know their stuff. Know your stuff inside our guts continues at 8pm tomorrow on Channel 4. So please welcome identical twins who know that number two's company, it's Alana McFarlane Kempner and Lisa McFarlane. Good morning, ladies! Hello. Congratulations on this show. It's already a big hit, and hit rhymes with the word we're not <laughs> allowed to say. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Know your hit. Know your... And an S at the beginning, mm. and then we're there. Yeah, there we go. Okay. You could say know your uh, shiitake. 
If you if we're going to mushroom it up, couldn't we? How, where else would you like to go with this? Um, it's know your number twos, really, isn't it? It's know your number twos. It's know your poos. Oh, so I watched episode two last night. Episode poo last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. It's like blind date for poo because there are three contestants every week. They pitch <laughs> up, and this is what they do. You're right. Honestly, it is a fantastic show. And if you, ha- I know it's landed really well, and the reviews are off the charts, and Channel Four are really happy with it. But if you haven't seen it, you've got to watch this show. It is called. It's called Know Your Shillelagh. You, you know where we're going with this. Um, how come you two got involved? First of all, Alana. Yeah, so we actually got involved in Gut Health very randomly. We actually used to be presenters on Virgin, so nice to be... Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. Which I've mentioned several times already. Um, Ozzie Jane was basically basically our babysitter on Saturday nights, but there we are. So we volunteered for um, Twin Research back in 2015, and we were one of the first people in the world to have our guts analysed under Tim Spector. So they found out from our bodies, even though we have 100% the same DNA, we only have about 30 to 40% the same gut bacteria and um, microbiome. So that got us on on a journey, really, and yeah, fast forward to now and here we, we are. used to be funky, cool DJs. Now here we are talking about poo. Yeah, but seriously, it's, it's, a, it's a really important show. You know, it's a really slick show. It's really uplifting. It's really life affirming. And it's so Channel 4. So I'm, I was wanging on about this earlier on, about the fact that it looks like a Channel 4 show should look. So we used to do shows. Will's here. Will's here. Will McDonald's here. Hi, Will. Say hello. Good morning. Hello. How are you? Uh, very well. Thanks, Will. Uh, Will and I go back forever. And we're best friends forever. And we started on the big breakfast. Then Will and I basically wrote, don't forget your toothbrush. That wasn't easy, was it? <laughs> oh, no, still recovering. Uh, still recovering. And then we did TFI um, for, for years and years and years. But, Will, you know what I mean by that, don't you? So, so shows on Channel 4 always looked like Channel 4 shows. You know what I mean by that? Yeah, when we first heard about the show, because uh, we produced the show, yeah. the company that I run, that um, we thought this is so important, so now, but also really Channel 4. Because yeah. the way to do this, you could make this a very dry science show, but these guys have got so much about them that makes it populist and Channel 4, I think. Yeah, so well then, congratulations. So I watched episode two. Honestly, it was phenomenal. It was Sunday night. We'd had a big day out with all the kids. Everybody's really happy. Twins. We have twins, you know, not identical, but we have twins. So they, they're being bathed and bathed by mum. So I'm watching your show and Alex's show. And it gets to nine o'clock on Sunday. This is last night, a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. I'm up at like half three. And I so wanted to go back and watch week one. I never do that. I never <laughs> do that. So, so I watched week two. I haven't seen week one yet, but I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. All right. So tell, what have I missed? And then we'll get to... to episode two you're going to fall we have a contributor on the show called Jan who Alan and I are there's petitions paperwork and and for us to adopt her <laughs> she is quite possibly a the best phenomenal woman. woman and I think actually on, on show one it's just really indicative of how brave these people are you know they've they've been suffering for quite a long time and it ranges everyone from you know people that have really quite debilitating conditions to a fireman that farts too much yeah. um, but and, by the way not broad, just farts really too much they're the smelliest farts on the planet <laughs> yeah, aren't they yeah. that's the point which is all funny and humorous unless you have to live with it Unless you're going down the pole before him in the first station, yeah. in which case, or you're his poor wife, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wife. And I think, do you know what? And you know, when we were making the show, it was really important for us to showcase not just people that had, you know, obviously serious digestive issues, but also create a show that really is for everyone, and you can learn a lot of things. And I think show one sets that up really well. We talk about fibre um, and lots of other bits and bobs. But yeah, Alana and I became very heavily invested in being able to um, help the contributors. We were like to all the doctors, can you fix them? Can you fix them? Is everything going to be all right? Can you fix? Them, but I think it's just, yeah, we just wanted to be able to help everyone, really. But there's a lovely rhythm to the show. I guess Will had a lot to do with that because it's, no. it's got, no, it's got your signature all over it. It's got that lovely sort of, there are moments, rubbish shows don't have identifiable moments in them, so they're amorphous and they're nebulous and the viewer doesn't know where they are. Shows that Will runs basically <laughs> are awesome and they have these lovely sort of metered moments, this lovely rhythm to it. So the format that you have three people, that they do a piece to camera each, then 
then they come and see you then they go and see the expert yeah. so, so take us through the other characters that you met so far yeah so I mean there's so many they're amazing who else is an episode one the lady one? from Jersey well, let's go talk about oh, the lady Jane, from Jersey Jane yeah. fabulous Jane yeah. she's my absolute goals yeah. um, but Jane lives this sort of like high end lifestyle and on the outside she looks like she's having a great time but actually on the inside her life is so debilitated you know Eve, she goes to all these big high glamorous events but actually going to them she really struggles when she gets there and I think because what's her her issues are she I mean she's got loads she of di- diarrhea she's got she had loads of operations she's got scar tissue along her colon um, yeah she's really debilitated um, and like we have some in that come into clinic that are such links to mental health and I think that's a vein throughout the show that you know obviously with the gut brain axis that's something that we found really fascinating as we were going through the research but I think something we really underestimated with the show was that mental health plays a huge part in everyone that walks through those doors yeah. and I think you know mental health is so multifactorial but if it's just another tool in, in people's armory, I think it's super important just to get even that one message across in the show. Um, anything else you'd like to say before we need to go to... We, we are going to go to our news. We are committed to the news. Yeah, I mean, just please watch the show and let us know what you so, think. It's it. obviously massive on social. <laughs> yeah. Tell us where you are on socials. Um, at the Gut Stuff and at the Mac Twins. We don't... I mean, the Mac Twins is mostly just pictures of our dogs. But that, Yeah, that's our old DJ name and it's maybe a bit in our 20s. We haven't DJed for all, we, we haven't DJed for, We basically... Lewis Capaldi phoned us a couple of weeks ago and said, can you come and DJ for my Christmas party? So we'll come out of retirement. And I was like, we just two bottles of red. That's all we need. Um, Hashtag and we have to be in bed by. We have to be in bed by midnight. So, yeah, the matins we don't really put in. Well, like you're it. both amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously, it's a really important show. It's a really fun show. It's got so many layers to it. We all said that, Will, didn't we, about our stuff? Layers, yeah. Yeah, it's all about layers. You know, the, the more sort of layered things are without adding to any confusion to the main piece, the better it's going to be. Well done. I'm really pleased for you. Thank you. Thank Anything you'd like to say, Will? Well, no, it's, it is important and it's also all ages, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. we've got some really young people on. Like models who are deciding. What you mean, like in their thirties and forties? It's incredible, isn't it? Chickens. Darn it! And people watching it and as families, which I think is just amazing. Well, because it's an amazing subject. Right, know your shilady, know your shiitake, know your poop. It's S star star. You know what? Know your hits. Inside our guts continues. Episode two tomorrow, eight pm, channel four. Thank you, well done, congratulations. Thank you. You're awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch Virgin Radio. Supposed to be on the show today, Alex Jones, but she's she's not going to get here. She's stuck in traffic. She's not in a car. She's just stuck in traffic. <laughs> um, we told her to get out and get on the tube, but she was advised against it by somebody who has absolutely no idea how London works. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, is she on the phone? Two ticks. I wonder who came up with that phrase. Where's that come from? Two ticks. Two ticks. Is that tick? Two ticks of the clock. Mm. Tick tock. Yeah. Tick tock. Yeah, must be. She's got a great show. We, I mean, we talked to show. Mm. Maybe we knew because we talked about her show for a long time, didn't we, before? Making Babies. Yeah. It's on the W Channel. Um, 8 p.m. Thursdays. It's awesome. I'm calling Alex now. I hope she doesn't swear. She's not, she's not prone to swearing. <laughs> Alex. Oh, now she's got on the tube. Oh, she's on your phone. She whiz. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, before we we talked about your show loads, by the way, Alex, this morning. Oh Just well, I mean, you are so very kind, but honestly, I feel terrible because I wanted to come and see you and give you a hug in person. I am now 
Excuse me, where are we? I'm just talking to the lovely driver. Bloomsbury, Bloomsbury Street, oh. Bloomsbury Street. Well, do yourself a favour, Al. Take a chill pill. Tell the car to turn around. Go back home to your loved ones or get out and do a little bit of early morning shopping or maybe go to Gales for a little oat milk flat white. Um, I think we definitely need a coffee. Yeah, but you don't definitely need... Definitely a coffee. You so don't need to come here, seriously. Um, you're welcome to join us anytime uh, live, um, anytime you want. But uh, we've talked about your show loads. Let's talk about it briefly on the phone. We talk about it more if you were here. Okay. Your show is fantastic, Alex. It's amazing. Thank you. you are oh so my God, thank you so much. You are so good on it. You you seem so at home. And what's you make me laugh out loud. You're one of the funniest people I've ever met. You know that. You she is <laughs> no, I'm not. no, you really Al, you're really funny. You, you know, and when you give that really important job on this forthcoming uh, Thursday's episode, episode four, um, what's the important job I'm referring to where you're actually going to do something very, very important with a limp wrist, with your swingy wrist? With a swing, well, I, I assume that's to take blood then, yeah? No, no, um, you're, you're doing something else with a probe. It's really, really, really important. A probe? Oh, well, that, well, the probe is to see whether it's an early pregnancy scan, that's it. yeah? So, yeah, and you're an in charge. Early... You're in charge of the thing. So, the early pregnancy, well, I mean, you'll know this. Early pregnancy scans, I mean, they, they are kind of the moment when somebody's been on such a, a long IVF journey. Yeah. You know, the early pregnancy scan is the first sign that actually, you know, the dream has come true and that there's a heartbeat and a little baby. Obviously, there's a long road after that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily always, um, you know, you're home and dry at that point. But it's the first sign that actually the magic has worked. So um, where did you go? Who did you meet? I know there's lots of these stories, but give us the headlines. Uh, what did you learn and how many times did you cry? Oh, my gosh. I cried basically every day. I did three shifts a week for six months. And I cried as much as I laughed, as much as I learned, as much as I watched all these amazing people uh, who the doctors and the nurses at that unit, honestly, they are incredible. They are top level human beings. And we could all do with spending six months there just to just to know how to deal with other humans. The support and the kindness they show are honestly exemplary. But the crying, oh, there was a lot of crying. I met so many amazing couples and individuals. And people, can you believe that they let us film them and follow their journey in order to shine a light on a subject that's not really spoken about? That's what I couldn't believe because it's so personal. And I met some extraordinary people. For example, have you got time for an example? Oh, no, we've got all the time you want. Oh, brilliant. Um, so, for example, a paediatric doctor called Dr. Katie. And Dr. Katie has been a paediatrician for years and years and years, uh, but has been trying for her own baby for eight years and hadn't succeeded. And uh, this was her last go that she did with me because she said, you know, I, ca I can't do my job. I can't look after and fix other people's children if I can't have my own children. And I think I can understand that, you know. I think that it's it's a fair enough it's a fair enough call, I think. And so she'd been through the mill, you know, um, emotionally, physically, been through it all. And her and Johnny, her partner, brilliant partner, said, "Right, we're going to give it one last go. And if this isn't it, then I'm going to have to change career." And so I I go through it with her, her and Johnny, and I won't give away the ending. Um, but let's just say she's still a pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. That is so brilliant. Uh, I love the bits where you and Charlie are filmed at home like um, like um, uh, Ruth and Eamon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
honestly, you know Charlie. Well, you know Charlie well, and Charlie did not want to be on camera. I know, I know. He was. He he said, "You know what, though, Al? I've watched you do this, yeah. and it obviously means so much to you." Yeah. That he said, "I actually, I'm. I I just can't believe how much you've got into it." Yeah. You know, he said, "I've never shown seen you show such interest in something," and it's because you know I always, when I was little, thought, "Oh, it might be quite nice to be a nurse," but oh, you know other things took over and then obviously we are where we are but spending six months in a hospital helping people and you know being I mean a small tiny cog in a huge machine but just helping people to realize this you know huge dream of having a baby and something that we don't talk about just gave me a new perspective on life you know I thought I'm exhausted at the end of a shift but it's a different kind of tired to telly it's a more rewarding tired I suppose you know um, and just knowing that you've been part of a really life changing moment sometimes good life changing sometimes terrible life changing for somebody but you hope that you've been the best you can in that moment for them I don't know I just I just took so much away from it you know and, and again a huge a huge thank you to all the couples that let us film with them because without them of course we wouldn't have a series Al uh, I love you to death so I just update you on where I am now. Someone called Newgate Street. I'm still miles away from you. Can we st- I've told you, turn around, catch another wave, and we'll see you on the other side. It sounds very unprofessional. I, I don't like being unprofessional. I'm sorry. I love you. I would have loved to have come in. The show sounded really fun this morning, so I'm sad not to be part of Loads it. Loads of fun. If you want to come in uh, with a couple of episodes to go, we can't give this show enough exposure. Um, when are you back on the one show? Back on the sofa? Oh, perfect. She drops off the line. Oh, great, great. I love it. I love it. What a way to end the interview. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. Our next guest has written multiple New York Times bestsellers, produced an Oscar-nominated movie and a major TV series starring Samuel L. Jackson. But one day, he'll get a proper job. The <laughs> audiobook of his smash hit Chasing the Scream is out now, so please welcome top man, Johan Hari. Johan, oh. welcome to the show. I've always loved what you do. You've been on the show before. I love your books, but I, th- I didn't realise you were a genius until I started to listen to your audiobook of Chasing the scream it's unbelievable mate well done congratulations oh that's the nicest intro i've literally ever had well you so deserve thank it. you it's, honestly it gets better to say a book's well written from hearing the audio version having ne- having never read the actual book is incredible but the the writing comes through in your own reading of your own work and it's all the more interesting for the fact that here we are in 2023 and it was first published in 2015 so we are limited for time, um, but we, you have till the end of the show. So you have till 10 o'clock. It's all yours. Um, you're very good at talking about this. So if you want to sort of um, expedite or extemporize in your own way and ignore what I question, I don't really mind. I just want to get as much information out there. Although I would like to start with the fact that the war on drugs, um, according to your book, and I believe you, uh, started over 100 years ago. I thought it was the 60s. I thought it was Nixon. You thought the same. Then you're back a bit further. Who the heck, for people who don't know, is Harry and um, Harry Armslinger, and um, give us his three greatest hits because this is a broken man who wants the world to be as broken as he is. Yeah, is it okay if I just tell you a little bit about how I, why sure, I found no, out go, who go, he was? Go, 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 go. The, the reason I wrote the book is that we had a lot of addiction in my family, 
Yep. One of my earliest memories is of trying to wake up one of my relatives and not being able to. And I was too young then to understand why. But obviously, as I got older, I realised we had addiction in my family. So when I started working on Chasing the Scream, God, 10 years ago now, I think I was in that state that a lot of people who love someone who's got an addiction problem are in, where I didn't know what to do. I didn't feel that anything I was doing was helping. Um, I wondered if what I was doing was harmful. And I just felt completely lost. And... I know it sounds like a bizarre way to solve that. To go, oh, I'll spend three years researching a book about it. But I thought, I, I, I wrote out, I remember, I remember very clearly the day I did it. It was when one of the people I love was in a really terrible state. I thought was probably about to die. And I just wrote out a list of questions. And it was, um, what causes addiction? When did we start punishing people with addiction problems? what's the alternative to punishing people with addiction problems, right? And I remember thinking, how can I find the answer to this? And I didn't realise at the start I'd had to go on this huge journey. I ended up travelling over 30,000 miles and meeting a crazy mixture of people from a trans crack dealer in Brooklyn who turned out to be one of the wisest people I've ever met to a hitman for the deadliest Mexican drug cartel who chopped off lots of people's heads. He's not the wisest person I've ever met. Um, To the only country that's decriminalised all drugs with really striking results. But the thing that blew my mind was realising that almost everything I thought I knew about these subjects, and I had seen this my whole life, was wrong, right? Drugs aren't what we think they are. Addiction isn't what we think it is. The war on drugs isn't what we think it is. And the alternatives to punishing people with addiction problems and drug users is not what we think it is. Well, it's, it's the same as always, isn't it? You don't bra- blame the um, the brainwash, you blame the brainwashers. You look to huh. see who those people phrase. were. Um, you are, with your book and your genius, you are reasoning or attempting to reason people out of a situation that many of them haven't been reasoned into, and that's mm. difficult. They've been emoted into it. We've only got a minute left. Um, if you could fast forward, by the way, I, there's so much in this book. It sounds heavy, but it's so fascinating, you don't feel the heavy, if you know what I mean. I hope yeah, you don't well, mind me saying you. that. And uh, Johan's been all over the world talking about all his books, this one um, in particular over the last decade. Johan went to Colombia and apologised to Colombia on behalf of the rest of the world. That's an interesting view, page. I met Pablo Escobar's son. I know. Uh, he's sort of my friend now. He's, I think it's probably my weirdest friendship. He said to me, the only thing my father ever truly feared was the legalisation of drugs, right? In one minute, can you, uh, in one minute, can you explain why you apologised to the people of Colombia? And, yeah. and they said, we've never heard that before. When you ban drugs, they don't disappear. What happens is they're transferred from the people who used to control them, doctors, pharmacists, to armed criminal gangs. And those armed criminal gangs are really violent, right? Try and steal a bottle of vodka. If the shop catches you, they won't have to beat you up. They call the police. The police deal with you, right? Now try to steal a bag of weed or a bag of coke. Obviously, they can't call the police. The police would arrest them. They've got to fight you. The war on drugs creates a war for drugs where rival gangs fight each other, kill each other. It's an enormous fight. Um, causes a huge amount of violence. It's a, a lot of these stabbings that are happening in London, including actually a shooting that happened on my street in North London not that long ago, are often teenage gang, very often teenage gangs killing each other in this war. You want to know how much of that violence is caused by the fact we banned the drugs? Just ask yourself, where are the violent alcohol dealers? Right? Does the head of Smirnoff go and shoot the head of Heineken in the face? Right? Yeah. Well, also the story about the the gin craziness of the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Gin's still available, but we, we all drink it. Not that many people are addicted. It's not ruining lives like it used to. Exactly. So we've got we've got to understand. I know it all sounds very challenging. So it's challenging to me. But what I realised is. There are such good solutions out there to the problems of addiction, the problems of the violence caused by prohibition. I actually left the book incredibly optimistic. I'm much better equipped to love my relatives and get help for them when I realised 
oh, if you just understand what's really going on, you can begin to solve this problem. You know, for 100 years now, we have been singing war songs about people with addiction problems. And I realised we should have been singing love songs to them all along. And to me, that's the heart of, I should say, by the way, my publishers tase me if I don't. People, uh, It's called Ch- Chasing the Scream. You can also get it as a physical book um, and you can get it anywhere you buy books or <laughs> okay. on Audible, yeah. But. You're, you're awesome. You're awesome. You're oh, awesome. thanks. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for engaging so deeply with the book, Chris. I'm uh, well, really moved by that. Why wouldn't I? Oh, cheers. Uh, you're welcome. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. Got to go. Uh, once again, yohanhari.com. Go there now, please, my friends. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Cinch. Virgin Radio. Tell us who we're talking to next, Vassos. OK, we're clear in our vision and we're removing fear and doubt as we manifest a best-selling author and self-development coach as our next guest. Her best-selling book, Manifest, Dive Deeper, is out now and we're trusting the universe as we welcome Roxy Nafusi. Good morning, Roxy. <laughs> morning. That was the best introduction ever. I've ever had. Ever. <laughs> Thank you. Even better than on Jay Shetty's podcast. 100%. Okay. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> I love Jay Shetty, don't you? He's actually the nicest. Okay, so we're going to give you a little taster of what Roxy's all about. But if you want to watch and hear more, go to Jay Jay Shetty's podcast on purpose, one of the big podcasts. I think it's the biggest well-being podcast on the planet, isn't it? It is. I think yeah. it is. Um, you were there just before Christmas with him. Oh my goodness me! This book um, came out of the universe, and it met you head on in 2018. Uh, uh, well, two books uh, because Manifest Dive Deeper is out now, and the original book, the Sunday Times and worldwide bestseller, Manifest Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life, has been out for a while. I love the cut of your jib. I love this phrase that you um, hit Jay full in the face with. You don't have to be able to perform magic for your life to be magical. Mm. It's great. I Mm. love it. Yeah. Um, Your book's called, first book's called Manifest. You also said something else I've never heard anybody say before, right? And you like the gurus that I like and they were there way ahead of you, but you've brought some new juice to the party, which is, People who don't aren't up for manifesting, no, I, I don't think it's going to work. They don't realise we manifest all the time from the moment we get up. But sometimes we manifest things that aren't good for us. Sometimes we don't realise we're manifesting things. So if we are manifesting from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, why not manifest the things we want? I've never heard anybody say that before. Exactly. So cool. Exactly. Cool. I love your enthusiasm. I'm just like sat here blushing. But it's true, I think, you know, Everybody is manifesting all the time. Yeah. We just don't know it. And if you listen to all the kind of great thinkers and speakers, like like I know that you like listening to, um, they're all talking about manifestation, even if they're not using the word. Yeah. Because to me, manifesting is kind of the umbrella of self-development and healing um, and everything else falls underneath it. So what isn't it? What are those three sort of myths that it isn't? It's not the genie in the lamp, is it? No, I think there are so many misconceptions and I think it's why people can really be put off manifesting. I will say, sometimes when I say to people that don't know me, I say, what do you do? I wrote a book, what on manifesting? I kind of cringe because people have such a misconception around it. Um, The first one is that it's just about visualizing what you want so that you can just think really hard you can make a vision board and then you just sit and you wait for it to happen nope and this is yeah (laughs) 
absolutely not. Um, it doesn't make sense. Of course it doesn't happen. The other one is that it is, like you mentioned the word, that it's magic, that there is some kind of magical force at play that is bringing things into our lives. Um, and that's just not the case. What's happening is that we are becoming so empowered and so full of self-belief that we are making things happen. Um, and in that, our life becomes magical. It feels magical because we are bringing this transformation and this change that we maybe never thought was possible. Um, but it's a really proactive um, and tangible and, you know, real practice. So putting sort of um, day-to-day, um, framing it in a day-to-day kind of situation, if you want to prepare dinner for your mates, a nice dinner for your mates, you're going to manifest that dinner. So you might want to think about what that dinner's going to be and who's going to come to dinner and where you're going to shop and what your budget's going to be and how long you have that day to make. That's manifestation, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, that's actually a really good example. It's just simple. <laughs> yeah, because to manifest is to make it happen, yes. to make things happen. And so all we're doing is deciding how do we want our lives to look how do we want our lives to feel and then working backwards how can I believe I'm worthy of that of that life that I want and then how can I take action to make it become my reality yeah it's not heavy but it does take some effort you can't just wish upon a star well you can wish upon a star if you want to (laughs) you know as as long as you keep that wish as your intention you know Mm. your your goal knowing what you want the more specific, you talk about specificity a lot, mm. quite, don't you? Speak to that in a moment if you don't. So I think that often we can be really vague in our dreams. So we can say to ourselves, you know, I just want to be happier. I just want to feel more confident. But we're not really getting to the grips of what makes us happy. What is the exact things that we want to attract into our lives? And, you know, when we're working towards anything and we're, or we're setting goals, we need to be really clear with that vision because otherwise you're kind of you're aiming at such a big goal (laughs) that you're not really going to get there. And so a lot of this, and this is why I think manifestation is such a meaningful practice, is it is about having to sit with yourself and really understand what do you actually want? And I don't think many of us stop to really ask ourselves that question. Yeah, and you know, and it starts when we're very small. I know you talk about this a lot as well. Um, You know, we say to kids, what do you want to be? No, and that should be what you want to do because it's who you want to be, isn't it? That's different as well. Mm. Talk about being told off as kids and and not being, you know, unconditional love because that's really important. Yeah, so I think that as adults, we're always trying to find ways to escape from our painful emotions, from our negative emotions, because we don't really know how to process them. And when we don't process them, they live within us and they're kind of lowering our vibration and keeping us stuck. And the reason I think that happens is because as children, we're so often told by our parents, um, okay, if you are showing emotions such as joy and love and gratitude, I will love you. Those are good emotions. You can express them if you are angry jealous like you don't want to share with your friends or your siblings I will punish you I will shout at you I will take that love away and so what we learn really early on is that negative emotions should be hidden should be repressed and positive emotions are the only acceptable ones and so then we start to find all these ways to escape and you know it obviously causes so much harm to our overall well-being and the people that we become uh, well if you listen to the show in america and some people do then you can't get um roxy's book in america because it's sold out uh, <laughs> so you're gonna have to come back to britain <laughs> or order it online is that right yeah it has uh, completely sold out in the u.s now um but we will be restocking soon and that's a good idea
Yeah. I think that's how retail works, isn't it? Yeah. Supply and demand and all that stuff. Uh, but if you want a bit of Roxy up uh, close and personal at roxynafisi.com, go there for workshops and more. Great to meet you. Oh, Congratulations. Thank you. You're a godsend. Thank you very much indeed. It's thank absolutely you. awesome. Um, get these books in your life. Manifest Seven Steps to Living Your Best Life and then Manifest deep, Dive Deeper. The first one's got a bit of journaling going on, a few um, spaces for you to fill things in and the second book, a lot more. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sid. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the best bits from the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Cinch. And don't forget to subscribe if you never want to miss your weekly roundup of all our best bits. Goodbye for now. Listener.